Play the movie. Yeah, play. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Milk Movies podcast. Today is December 6th, 2020. Uh, this is probably going to be, if not the shortest episode of the Milk Movies podcast. It is most definitely going to be one of them because nothing happened in this past week. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, especially given how 2020 has been. Almost all of the movie news that we've gotten has been bad. So it's been decent lately. I've had plenty to talk about and most of it has been good. So... A slower week, not the worst thing in the world. That being said, it was not a busy week by any means, but we did get some major news. And I'll start it off with that. Warner Brothers will release every single movie on their 2021 release calendar on HBO Max alongside each film's theatrical release. This is gigantic news. We already know that Wonder Woman 1984 will be releasing on HBO Max at no additional charge, along with its theatrical release on Christmas Day, but they said, you know what? We're doing it with everything. 2021, you will get to see every single movie that Warner Brothers owns on HBO Max. Or, again, if you do still prefer the theatrical experience, by all means, go ahead and do so. Feel comfortable, and if you're able to. This decision includes films such as Judas and the Black Messiah, Godzilla vs. Kong, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, Space Jam A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Dune, Matrix 4, and Tom and Jerry. Much more, too. Obviously, they'll be coming out with more movies uh, than just those in 2021. Those are just the biggest ones announced, uh, the biggest ones that I have listed. And I I do think it's funny. It doesn't matter. I'm not necessarily looking forward to this movie still. I've already talked about it before. But Tom and Jerry, I did say that this seems very much like a movie that, with everything that's been going on and whatever else... It just seems like Tom and Jerry is a movie that's going to end up on HBO Max early. So now we're here and it's going to HBO Max. As of right now, the films will be available on the platform for one month after its initial release before being pulled and moved to a video on demand option along with its theatrical release. So I obviously I I prefer the theatrical experience. I've, I've said that on here dozens and dozens of times. I think many people do, but we're also all very aware of uh, the power that these streaming platforms have. Uh, there are plenty, plenty of movies that you can afford to see at home. You don't need the theater to see them. So there's kind of some give and take there. Um, but with something like Wonder Woman 1984, that's a movie that you like to see with a crowd, with the people that, like those diehard fans, the people that love comic book movies, the ones that will actually dress up as the characters. You think of something like Avengers Endgame that just came out in 2019. I I have never had a theatrical experience like that in my entire life. People jumping up, screaming, clapping, uh, crying, cheering, all these sorts of things over a movie that it's just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Obviously, not, so like Tom and Jerry. You don't need to see that in theaters. I hate to say it, but you you don't. You don't. But then you think of something like Dune. Dune, you're going to want to see that in theaters. So... Fortunately, with this move, you'll you'll still be able to do that, and that's a good thing. I think there are a lot of people who are strictly going to watch these movies on HBO Max, and that's completely fine. You obviously have that option now, Uh, but there are people who are going to do that because they just prefer to watch it on their couch. You're able to get more people together, probably saves you some money depending on how many people you typically be bringing along. 
there are a lot of reasons why you'd still be watching movies on HBO Max and uh, over the theatrical experience. So I completely get that. Not really an issue. Uh, but then you think of something like Godzilla vs. Kong. I mentioned this in last week's episode as well. That's a movie between seeing those monsters, uh, just the spectacle of what it is, the sounds, like everything that goes into that movie. That may not be one where you need like the camaraderie of the crowd and the audience, but just visually and cinematically and like the way everything sounds, again, that's something where you might prefer to see it in theaters. This all just gives you the option now. I think if anything, if there's any glass half full take on this move, it's it should be, I could be completely wrong, but I would think that this means that movies should more or less be locked into their current release dates. I think this gives uh, Warner Brothers the opportunity to just say, our release calendar is kind of set in stone right now. They might want to move some other movies around depending on uh, the success of these things and what other movies they have on the table. So not saying that it's deadlock set in stone, but I don't think we necessarily need to worry about something being delayed for another a year again. Could be wrong. That's, again, kind of a glass half full take on this whole situation. But again, gigantic news here. Major domino in the film industry and in the, the, the world of theaters. And those kind of, unfortunately, I don't want to say dying off. I'm not even gonna, not even gonna entertain that thought. But it's where things are at right now. Uh, sticking with Warner Brothers and HBO Max and all those sorts of properties, Godzilla vs Kong. Talked about it last week. Likely going to HBO Max here. It obviously is. Today we got our first official looks at King Kong and Godzilla themselves. They're not the cleanest of looks. They're kind of blurry. They're not perfect. I'll take it. We did get our first look at these characters and. It's not, it doesn't necessarily give you an idea of how they're going to size up against one another. It, it is just these characters uh, isolated and it's not them standing. You don't get to see like head to toe or anything. Uh, Godzilla is just kind of turned around and screaming uh, in the direction of, I'll just say the camera. And then Godzilla, I say, no, King Kong, sorry. King Kong is the one that's turned around and screaming toward the camera. Godzilla is just swimming. It's going for a nice little dip. I am looking forward to seeing this movie. I think most people are. I said it last week as well that I haven't loved the story behind either of these first two movies for, I should say, Godzilla, King Kong. I just, that movie's so whatever. Uh, I just, I just want to see it. I just want to see them fight. That's, that's literally all these movies are for. That's all I want to see. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I still don't understand how Godzilla is going to lose this fight. Like I, there's just there's no chance that happens. I could be wrong. Uh, but I, like, I think what everybody is expecting is that the fights are going to be awesome. King Kong and Godzilla are going to team up at some point. And as long as it's cool and as long as the fights are entertaining and action-packed, I kind of don't care what else happens. Just have them team up, have them fight, just make it all cool. And I'll be happy. I think everybody will just be happy with that. And that's all we're, that's all, literally all we're asking for. Just make it cool. That's all this movie is supposed to be. They've done a pretty good job of that so far. So just do it again and we'll be happy. The Motion Picture Academy is exploring how an in-person Oscar ceremony could work next spring. Good luck. Good luck, Academy. Good luck. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. Things are semi-looking up 
as of right now. I actually just heard today that by April or May, that is kind of the tentative hope right now where things can kind of return to some sort of normalcy. Obviously, we do have a lot of uh, in-person events going on even today where you just deal with social distancing, uh, seating is separated, and like there are ways they can make this work. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't know how I don't know how they're going to make it work. I don't really care. I'm not going to try to figure out some solution for them. Uh, as of right now, the Oscars have been pushed back from their typical uh, scheduled date, whatever, April 25th, 2021. The hope here is that theaters will be able to open up uh, more than they are right now prior to this time. So it obviously just allows more movies to release in theaters and compete with one another. So we're not stuck with all these streaming options. Uh, spoiler alert, today I'm going to be talking about one that I am giving some Oscar buzz. Hint, hint, leave it at that. Not super intelligence. Another hint for you. Not it, not even, it is not super intelligence. Super intelligence will not be winning an Oscar. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good for you. Good for the Academy if they believe that they can make this work. If they can, cool. If not, so be it. I don't think it's going to be better or worse either way. So that's that. Moving on to Julius Avery. He is the director of uh, Overlord that came out a few years ago. He has now been chosen to direct a new and untitled Van Helsing movie. It will be produced by James Wan, uh, and the character, Van Helsing, was last portrayed by Hugh Jackman back in 2004. I haven't seen that movie or thought about that movie probably since 2004, so it will be very interesting to see if they have a new take on it. I don't I don't have any issue with them doing this whatsoever. Kind of interested in it. I just don't know what is compelling them to say, hey, we we should do Van Helsing again. We th- That 2004 movie was so awesome and we can have this whole new take on it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the 2004 movie was not awesome by any means. It's not, it's, it's just like a crazy, it's, I don't even know how to describe that movie. It is something though. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just think it's going to be interesting given that Peter Dinklage and Jason Momoa are working on their own Van Helsing movie, if you remember, uh, where they just go from town to town conning people as Van Helsing in like a vampire combo, and then they obviously come across some people who don't take a liking to what they're doing. So that's a completely different movie. They're obviously not going to be the same sort of concept, but it is interesting to think that there is a new and kind of original take on the character, whereas Julius Avery and James Wan will most definitely, obviously, be just trying to kind of reinvent the 2004 movie and just make it a 20, probably 22 version. So we'll see. Looking forward to it. I like like both of those concepts. So the more Van Helsing, the merrier. And speaking of Peter Dinklage, he will star in a reboot of 1984's The Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger came out, like I said, in 1984, and it is, it's basically just like a comedy horror spoof kind of movie, well-received by people. It's kind of got a little bit of a, not cult following, but Got its own little following. The film follows Melvin, who becomes disfigured when he is pushed into a vat of toxic acid. He is later tasked with saving his son, friends, and community from corruption and greed. I like Peter Dinklage, so as long as you do too, I can't imagine why anybody would be against this idea, so cool. My guess is they're probably actually going to have some sort of new and somewhat original take on this too, so good for them. I I don't I don't really know where I even stand on reboots and remakes or uh, the reinvention of old movies, new takes on them. 
some I don't have a problem with it more often than not. I don't love it because I would rather get original content, but sometimes it is enjoyable. You think of something like The Invisible Man, even that came out earlier this year. Um, a pretty fresh take on the original, obviously very up, a completely new take on the original from, I mean, it's a hundred year difference nearly in technology and whatnot. So they're able to do a lot more with it and put their own modern spin on it. So in a case like that, it's completely fine. And it's, it's exciting when they're able to do something like that. Cause I, I don't know anybody that was excited about that movie necessarily when it was announced. So hopefully something like this, the toxic Avenger, they can I don't know, do something fun with that as well. That's it for news. And that's it for trailers. We didn't get anything in the trailer department this past week. Like I said, nothing happened. So that's that. Talking about uh, movies releasing in this upcoming weekend. Let them all talk. We'll be releasing on HBO Max on Thursday. It's directed by C uh, Steven Soderbergh. Stars Meryl Streep, Lucas Hedges, Diane Wiest, and Gemma Chan. I, I'm probably going to watch it this week. I don't, I don't see it being a movie that I'm going to talk about on here. But at the same time, again, spoiler alert, I, I don't, I'm not even going to have anything to say about super intelligence, but I'm going to be talking about it. So maybe Let Them All Talk is a movie that I talk about. Uh, next up, Songbird will be releasing on VOD on Friday. They updated their release date. It's coming out on Friday, again, on demand. That is the Michael Bay COVID movie. So I'm not talking about that. I'm, I might have to, actually. I don't know. I just, I'm very much regretting the idea of having to see that because I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to see any of these, uh, lockdown movies. I don't, I don't care. I don't want to see them, but I'm going to have to. The Prom also releases on Netflix this Friday. I haven't talked about that one on here before. Uh, it is, uh, it stars Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, again, Keegan-Michael Key, Carrie Washington, and James Corden. I'm surprised this movie hasn't been promoted more for how expensive and, colorful and I guess big it looks. It looks like a like a big time movie for Netflix. It's a musical as well. Um, I it, it's been circling social media for a little while now for a few weeks. I just haven't really said much on here. And even when I say it's been on social media, it's not like there's a big push for it or anything. It's just surprised that I don't know, you think of a cast like that and it's a musical and it's if you see the trailer, it's very colorful. So I don't know. Synopsis for it. A troop of hilariously self-obsessed theater stars swarm into a small conservative Indiana town in support of a high school girl who wants to take her girlfriend to the prom. I am not looking forward to seeing this, but I'm not against it at all. I just don't really have any thoughts on this movie. I feel like that's kind of the, the theme going around things right now. I don't have anything to say about it. But the prom, if you have Netflix, you want to see a musical, that will be available to you this weekend. Today, I know last week I mentioned that I'd probably be talking about Mank in Sound of Metal, uh, but I'm not going to be talking about Mank today. I am probably going to have to give that a rewatch, if I'm being completely honest. I was not doing a great job of paying as close of attention as I probably should, so I didn't think it would be fair of me to talk about it when I wasn't giving it my full attention. So that's on me. I do still want to talk about it at some point, I'm sure. Um, so I will probably be talking about that next week or the weeks that follow. But today, Super Intelligence on HBO Max would be my first review, synopsis for Super Intelligence. When an all-powerful Super Intelligence chooses to study average Carol Peters, the fate of the world hangs in the balance. As the AI decides to enslave, save, or destroy humanity, it's up to Carol 
to prove that people are worth saving. Final review will be Sound of Metal, which released on Amazon Prime over the weekend. It has a limited theatrical release out as well. came out, uh, I think, at the end of November. But the synopsis for Sound of Metal, simple. A heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into freefall when he begins to lose his hearing. Without further ado, let's review Superintelligence. Bear with me when I say this. Superintelligence was anything but intelligent. We're too far past the idea of technology being dangerous and making fun of people for being average in movies to make another movie that just combines the two. We're also too far past Melissa McCarthy being the butt of every put-down, because no one sees her in that way, and although she can play it off well, it doesn't change the fact that this trope is far too overplayed. Superintelligence is rated PG, directed by Ben Falcone. It is categorized as a comedy and a sci-fi that runs one hour and 46 minutes long, and it stars, of course, Melissa McCarthy, James Corden, Bobby Cannavale, Brian Tyree Henry, and many others. Superintelligence comes in at a 23% full on the milk meter. Unlike most movies that I'll score this low, there wasn't really anything that I scoffed at. There was plenty that I didn't enjoy, sure, but more than anything, I found myself yelling, come on, at my TV for hitting trope after trope. I like Melissa McCarthy and the supporting cast, but I just couldn't figure out the reason for making this movie. I hate to say so little about a movie when I'm the one who's choosing to give it a review, but I really don't have anything more to say. Superintelligence was a bad movie that came out at a time when its message is outdated and its tropes don't play. That's about it. If you're the unequivocal number one fan of Melissa McCarthy or James Corden, go for it. Enjoy Superintelligence with all your heart. If you are anyone else, you will be just fine missing out on this one. I had high expectations going into Sound of Metal. Award-winning, in fact. From its premise to its performances, I am more than pleased to say, Sound of Metal delivered. Sound of Metal is rated R. It's directed by Darius Martyr. It is categorized as a drama and music film that runs two hours and one minute long, and it stars Riz Ahmed, Olivia Cook, Paul Racy, and Lauren Ridloff. Sound of Metal comes in at a 93% full on the milk meter. Do I need to put my foot on the brakes a little bit when it comes to this movie winning any awards? Maybe, but who knows? Maybe Reza Ahmed will get the recognition he deserves for putting on a stellar performance and an incredibly demanding role. Between its emotional and physical demands, I can't say there's one thing I'd ask him to approve in his portrayal of Ruben. His journey and coming to grips with his new life was harsh and heartwarming all at the same time, and I was very, very impressed with all he accomplished. As for the surrounding elements of this film, I was constantly impressed with the sound mixing. Obviously in a movie covering the life of a deaf person, it's important that you can feel, or more so hear, exactly what they're hearing to better understand what they're going through. From start to finish, I thought the balance between Ruben's hearing and the real-world sounds was perfectly met and played a very necessary factor in adding to his journey. Now I ask again, will Sound of Metal or Riz Ahmed be winning any awards? It's definitely possible, but only time will tell. Either way, a strong and moving performance and story with one of the best performances of the year 
makes Sound of Metal a must-watch before the calendar turns. That's all I have for news and reviews this week. Remember, nothing really coming out this weekend. If you want to see The Prom on Netflix or Let Them All Talk on HBO Max, you'll be able to do that. Otherwise, I appreciate everybody listening. Follow me on Twitter at MilkMovies. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. Otherwise, I will catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Hasta la vista.